Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we open an exciting two-part series all about leadership. In part one, we'll talk about leadership in the context of a high-performance culture and the ways that you can create an environment that leads your team to perform their best. Then in part two, we'll discuss the role that leaders play within their organization or business and how this can be tied into the community. Now, what's all of this got to do with law, you might be asking? I believe leadership has a key element for organizations, both in terms of avoiding disputes and in terms of managing the culture to ensure that your organization can withstand any serious storms. So I thought it was really important to talk about something that is more related to the underpinnings of business, not necessarily just law, in relation to how organizations can strengthen themselves. And when we talk in part two about discussing the role that leaders play within their organization and their community. It's part of what I believe is our role as leaders within the community and also as business owners within the community. So look, to help us with this bold task, we are joined by Michael Maguire, who is one of Rugby League's most respected coaches. Now, Michael was a former player with Canberra Raiders and Adelaide Rams, but after a serious neck injury ended his playing career, he became a coach. In 2005, he was the assistant coach of the Melbourne Storm, and he steadily moved up in his career at one stage being the head coach of the English Super League club Wigan Warriors. In 2014, and perhaps in one of his most crowning achievements, well, certainly in the eyes of my husband, who is an avid Bunny supporter, Michael led the South Sydney Rabbitohs to their first premiership win in 43 years. His strong leadership qualities have seen him become a keynote speaker at numerous corporate and government events, and no wonder after he performed such a massive turnaround with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He stopped coaching the Rabbitohs at the end of the 2017 season and is now working as a leadership and high-performance consultant to the NRL and is today talking to us about creating a high-performance team. So here we go. listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple, actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. I have to give you a bit of background here. My husband is a mad keen Rabbitohs supporter. Oh, very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So you probably have a bit of an understanding about the story. Then. I do, I do, I do, you know, and I, I can actually see myself sort of like the emotional 
sort of roller coaster from no, we never win to yeah. you know, uh, wow, you know, like we're we're on the board, we're moving towards it, you know, and we've got this great family photo of my daughter who was at the time I think about one and a half, and my husband and I all cheering along with our rabbitos tops on on the grand final night, and it was yeah. such a big, you know, night for my husband because he's been following it all these years, you know, without a win. Yeah, which sorry, just to go just to go on that though, like the stories that you were talking about there it actually brought families together yeah in a, in a in a tighter way because you know for so long you know mums and dads have been probably dragging their kids to these games saying <laughs> we're gonna win and it wasn't it was you know probably 10 or 15 years ago that they were taking their kids to these games and I heard these stories so many times how they used to go to games and then the kids would go to school and they'd either get you know teased a little bit about the fact that their team will never win and and then <laughs> The amount of parents that have come to me and, and sometimes even the kids now because they've all grown up, they've just said that well, I used to go to school every day living in hope that my team might win. Wow. Then to sort of see that uh, come around. And I guess, you know, we, we're talking today about leadership, I, I guess, generally, but what do you think? Do you think there's anything that, you, you know, any sort of learnings that you've had out of this progression with the Rabbitohs that is something more universal than just across sport? I guess it's something that relates to business or life as a whole. You know, it, it must be interesting from your perspective to have seen this all and be part, obviously, a centre figure in it all unfolding. Are, th- are there any elements that you feel you've learnt that, you, you know, are useful for people to hear in the story in terms of their own experience in business or as part of a community? Yeah, I think you you learn something all the time. I think every single day that you're... Uh in a business moving forward and and every person that's involved, whether it's in sport or in business, it's the challenge to be able to have people turn up every day vying for the same goal. And whether or not it's a business trying to climb to the top or it's a team climbing to the top, uh, across my time, I suppose, as a coach, uh, whether it was at Wigan overseas, which is a very similar club and similar circumstance to what I experienced at South, I always go back to it was the people that are involved. You know, I was very fortunate to have a, a, a great team around myself, uh, a very loyal and hardworking team that they understood their roles and they did their jobs every single day knowing that each day was going to count for the prize. I guess from a leadership point of view, it's about being able to have your team around you. And in a sporting analogy is that, you know, I have my assistant coaches to my performance staff, to my administration, to the receptionist that sits on the front of your organisation just with a smile on their face, uh, allowing people to walk past thinking that this is an environment that you actually want to be at and uh, you're proud to be at. Uh, That was probably the prouder moments of just being able to step back and see in that moment in time when the team rose is that everyone was enjoying the ride to try and find success together. And that and, and that's really the key of trying to find that success is getting a group of people in that um, similar mindset. And from a leadership point of view, it's about talking about it and allowing people to grow within their own roles and feel the the ups and downs and understanding the adversity of how you actually can all be successful together. I think that's a really key point for for a lot of business people that I talk to over time. And, and I learn, learn a lot from great businesses as well, Yeah, that you, you go in and sit in and you walk into an organisation and you tend to get a feel for that organisation straight away from the people. So if the people are enjoying what they're doing, well, 
you know, you tend to find that you're going to get better performances every single day. And so is that part of your tips for how how you created, I guess, this high-performance culture that led to, you know, the, the great grand final performance <laughs> for the Rabbitohs that year? I, I mean, maybe if you could boil it down to us, what do you think are some of the key areas that business owners and leaders can be focusing on to replicate some of the success that you're able to achieve and be part of? Yeah, I think it's... As I said, the people, I guess it's the right people that want to lead. And I know we're talking about leadership, but it's it's uh, spread leadership across an organisation. You know, one person can't do everything. So it's about having the ability to be able to spread the leadership and the roles across the organisation. You know, I was very fortunate to have people like Sam Burgess and Greg Inglis, uh, Ben Teo, Adam Reynolds. I could go right through the whole team, to be honest, because... I saw a, a group of men that were able to understand their role and they did their role for their teammates and they were always going to be there at that moment in time of need, whether or not they were under pressure in, in a game or whether or not it was away from the field to be able to look after each other. Yeah, there's a certain period of time when when that happens, then success comes and you know, it's uh, obviously in, in sporting organisations that go up and down, it's trying to capture that for as long as you can because it's moments in time that you travel through and you, you come across some great people in your life to be able to actually uh, have a similar focus and the want to achieve. And you know, for business, I think leadership is uh, a key part in, as we all know, is the success of every organisation. What are the action points, though, in doing that, in spreading leadership across an organisation? And obviously there must have been a point, you know, in, in the past of the Rabbitohs where perhaps that didn't happen as much. I mean, obviously the point leading up to the grand final was where the Rabbitohs were performing their best and so leadership must have been spread well at that point. But how did you get to that point? How did you do it? Yeah, it was really improving all areas of the business, uh, whether or not it was, uh, as I said, the, from the financial people to the marketing group to the, the people in the front desk being able to sell your merchandise. And you can hear me talk about a lot that's actually away from the field because you know, how you prepare throughout a week. I mean, a game of rugby league is 80 minutes, but to be able to actually get that team out in the park, it's what everyone in the whole organisation does, not just the team itself. And I, I guess that's the the enjoyment of when you work in a great organisation, everyone within that organisation understands how much work they've done, how much time they are put in to be able to achieve that moment in time, which is the 80 minutes. And the appreciation of that sometimes, I guess, is only felt by the people within because we only get to see the product for 80 minutes. So supporters supporters tend to see the 80 minutes and they're judged on or they're judging you know, the, the greats, highs and the lows of whatever that performance is. Is, but what it takes to be able to create that performance of uh, you know winning finals and final series and young men going on to represent whether it's uh, the in the origin level or the Australian level it's hours and hours of practice and you know the requirements of the media department to make sure things are right for uh, the the ability to be able to buy the new equipment plays a big part in how the sponsorship that's coming into the organisation uh, where. And right, right through to the ownership of the organisation. So everything plays a part and each department vibrate off each other depending on how they're performing. So it's being able to capture that across your organisation and when you do, that's when your higher performances come because everyone's understanding their role and they're doing their role at the highest possible uh, ability at that time. And that's really what I 
focused on I came back. I was very fortunate to have some good people uh, from boards, ownership, all the way through the organisation that we just wanted to continually create a strong environment which was going to improve the organisation. And from there, that's obviously where Souths were able to rise. And so did, did you achieve that by taking each component of the club and talking about the vision and then making, you know, each uh, each person's role within that really clear in relation to how they could contribute to the vision is that you know was that the path or, or how did how did that occur practically I guess yeah to me I think it's really about empowering the people around you to uh, allow them to do their roles uh, I had a a great friend that I'd worked at um, Melbourne Storm in Troy Thompson who uh, I had uh, some great experiences there but it was being able to bring people like that that I'd had great experiences with into the organisation. So it's being able to continually enhance the the role or the, or the people within that role and allowing them to empower themselves throughout uh, throughout the team. I had another colleague in Sean Edwards who was uh, in the strength and conditioning department who, again, which had a shared experience some time ago, but it was being able to um, have an understanding of each other, uh, of how we wanted to go about things. Things. I had two assistant coaches that uh, had very similar views, uh, thoughts about how we wanted to play the game. I could go on to a lot of my staff. I had a physio that would work 16 to 20 hours a day if he needed to just to make sure that the players were able to get out on the field. And it, it was really interesting to watch uh, the dynamics of my staff. And I think that plays uh, the biggest part in for businesses to be able to move forward and, and to achieve. And, you, and you've got to continually work at that. And I've always said if you have a learning environment and that's everyone involved, whether or not it's um, from myself all the way through to my playing group or the staff itself, that if they can go away and bring back one great idea once a week or once a month, it's going to enhance the things that we're doing inside our organisation. And, yeah, the, the, the staff at the time really captured that and they, they wanted to go off and learn and bring back new ideas, which – allowed obviously the the successes to come that's fabulous and so you're now um, a leadership and high performance consultant to the nrl so what do you do there i mean what do you focus on now to get a culture of high performance in the things you do on it on a daily basis right now yeah it's a it's obviously a different role it's um sort of a yeah the the heat i suppose or the, the the focus isn't just about myself making sure that the organisation, from a playing point of view, is uh, ready each weekend. It's about just looking at areas across uh, the officiating department at the moment where uh, I'm really helping out uh, to to try and enhance wherever it might be across the officiating department. And uh, that that is from being able to take high-performance sport sporting teams and the, and the processes by which they do things uh, into the space of officiating. Uh, I'm also doing that across uh, various departments, I guess, uh, inside the actual NRL itself. So it's a, it's a broader role than what I've been a part of. So it's a, a different role, but uh, one that, you know, I think, you know, I'm doing a lot of learning around in that space as well, as I always talk about. You're, you're always meeting different people and, and trying to help those people to achieve uh, their goals within their departments. take a short break. When we get back, Michael shares his personal story of how he dealt with the most challenging times of his career and how a change in path isn't always a bad thing. And that's next. I'm Joanna Oki and you're listening to Talking Law. 
a podcast proudly brought to you by Aspect Legal. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. Our commercial legal services cover a wide spectrum of disciplines, contract law, dispute resolution, business sales and acquisitions, brand protection and IP. We work with clients both large and small and we're all about helping you grow while protecting you from the unexpected storms of business. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com.au to book in time for a free discussion with one of our legal eagles. So get in touch today. Welcome back. Earlier, Michael talked about the key elements behind building a high-performance culture and environment within your team. These are certainly concepts that are universal and should be considered within your business or organisation. Now, let's get back to Michael to explore how he dealt with an unexpected detour in his career. I heard you talk recently and I thought it was extremely interesting to hear your challenges with, you know, a few things along the way in your career that didn't quite go to plan and how you dealt with them because, of course, you didn't start off your career as a coach. You actually started off as a player, right? Yes. And so I I guess maybe if you could talk a little bit about that and about, you know, challenges at times and how how you dealt with those because I think you know a a lot of our listening audience are are businesses who have I mean everyone has challenging times but I think the interesting thing to hear out of the challenging times is so many people who have found that the challenging times have helped to form in fact where they move next you know and and they've actually been a blessing in disguise sometimes (laughs) so maybe you could talk a little bit uh, about your challenging components and uh, you know times in your life and how you dealt with them yeah i think sometimes adversity can be some of the best times of your life because that's where you learn the most about yourself and uh, you know everyone will face a challenge at some stage how great that is is really what you feel between the years whether or not it is a greater challenge than what you actually think and uh, i think adversity uh, allows you to change your path sometimes and in my case uh, it did in a big way I, I was a 22 year old I was had my thoughts about playing rugby league for the rest of my life uh, like most kids at that age and unfortunately I was put out of the game with a neck injury and uh, through that neck injury I, would, I was uh, put on the sideline and it was just one of those unfortunate things because the game has given me so much so it's uh, you know in some ways I, I guess I look back and it was <laughs> a great uh, thing that happened to me but at the time it probably wasn't. But how you grow from that is the opportunities that has taken me to into the coaching world. So from being a player, um, you know, falling out at around the age of 22, I had to decide, well, I love the game, so which path do I go now? And the only path for me was really going into the coaching arena. And I started off as a strength and conditioner and, you know, I was very fortunate that Mal Meninga was at Canberra Raiders who I played uh, alongside as a as a young 18-year-old, and he asked me to come back onto the coaching staff. So 
I, I delved into the, the, the strength and conditioning side. From there, I, I moved in to become an assistant coach uh, when Matty Elliott came into the camp. Raiders and I spent uh, a bit of time there as an assistant coach and from there an opportunity came up uh, to go back and be an assistant coach with a, an old friend in Craig Bellamy uh, down in Melbourne so he asked me to go down there and I guess I was very fortunate in my timings when I went down there that they had a, a group of players that came together and were willing to basically do a lot of sacrifice to be achieved, to be able to achieve great things. You know, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk, and I should name pretty well the whole squad <laughs> at that time because they have had some good players go through there. But in my time there, I, I spent uh, five great years there and presented an opportunity for myself to go across to Wigan uh, over in the Super League. And from there, it was uh, really applying the trade that I'd spent so much time as an assistant coach doing. I think I was an assistant coach for nearly 10 to 11 years and I felt that, it was uh, a good schooling in that space and uh, off I went over to England and I had uh, an enjoyable time over there. We were able to have some success, some early success and I spent two years in England which then uh, flew me back over here to South which uh, obviously was a great moment in time too to, to go through and have that uh, time with South and, and winning in 2014 but it was probably a fair bit of um, uh, adversity that I had to face as a young man and to decide which way I wanted to go. I mean, I, you know, there's many different things that you can go on to, but I had to spend a lot of time going back and, you know, early morning going to training and in the afternoon going back, back to training after a day's work. So there was a lot of long hours involved to be able to achieve. Right. Just the, the opportunities that came out of that. I chose to stick at it and it's given me some, uh, some of the greatest moments that a coach can ever have. So there you go. I guess uh, you know this is this is really you know the example of even when everything seems to have completely fallen down in terms of your long term plans, if you're um, if you're willing to find alternatives and work really hard towards them, you know you can you can put yourself into the next stratosphere of uh, you know the next level of great things that you can um, look to achieve. Yeah, very much so. And really, it's about the people around you. I think that I was very fortunate to have some great people around me through those periods of time, whether it's family, friends, uh, and different colleagues that you have that uh, you know, really drives you to, to want more and more because uh, you know, obviously had a goal of wanting to achieve in rugby league, but uh, I wasn't aware at the time it was going to be as a coach because yeah, you, you always want that as a player. Well, that's it for part one of our exciting two-part series on leadership with Michael Maguire. Join us again next week for the second half of our interview with Michael, where we talk about the role of leadership within an organisation and how this ties into the community. To make sure you don't miss part two, please subscribe to the Talking Law podcast on your iPhones or on Stitcher for Android to get updates as soon as we release a new podcast. You'll find all the details and relevant links in our show notes. Simply head over to our website at www.talkinglaw.com.au and look for this episode. Well, thanks for listening in. This has been Joanna Oakey and Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. 